We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Back at the point, play to the other side. From the left wing, he scores! Brandon Byro gets the Halloween treat. A call up to the Sabres. Welcome into the big show. It's dark. It's spooky. Unless you're in Marty's well-lit studio. Hi, Marty. Hello, Duffer. Yeah, no, I think uh, I I like Halloween, but I was always a bright Halloween type of person. So I'm <laughs> turning as many lights as I can. What does that mean? Your costumes included uh, your clown. light. Clown, 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 light bulb and clown. One year, and a clown, and, and then a clown, clown again. Yeah, yeah. I had the bright orange tuxedo from Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> so it was like did. bright. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's uh, good. this is my. I was, you know what? I for- sports world. So. I didn't tell you this one. I forgot to tell you. One year, I was like an older lady that won a million dollar on the uh, what is the publishing clearing publishers clearinghouse yeah. publishers clearinghouse so McMahon, I had the big that, check was that and McMahon I had the, with you as your uh, yeah Anne Marie was at McMahon so she was the guy as <laughs> a girl and I had the big like hair with rollers and I had yeah. the glasses and I had a big bathrobe like I just came out of the room and I was like oh my god I won't I won't that's all I said all night I was like <laughs> Well, I won't ask you how many times you're going to say, we won, we won, we won in the month of November. It's going to be daunting because every month is, it's the NHL. But as October comes to a close here and the Sabres are coming off of a win and a very good one against Colorado, they're going through a little roster um, realignment, if you will, at this point in time, Mm -hmm. because Zach Benson's nagging injury that did have him in the lineup on Sunday and playing on a line with Thompson and Greenway now has him out because of that same injury on a week-to-week basis. So what they've done is recalled Brandon Byro from Rochester. Now, the Amherst are the highest-scoring team in the AHL right now. Byro has not played in all of the games, so he is not the scoring leader. However, if you look back on everything Byro has done in the last two-plus seasons, he has 93 points in his last 91 AHL games. Like the kid has done just about everything humanly possible. He scored the shootout winner in preseason debut this year for the Sabres against the Capitals and had a good camp. 
Um, and he's also mid-20s and I think very deserving of this opportunity. But this is another one of those times where you're sitting there going, they had like options A, B, C, and D here based on how well certain guys are playing down there. Well, I think one of the big things is everybody's probably thinking, oh, what about Kulik, right? What about Savoy? What about Roseanne? What about, like, there's so many names and that's a great problem to have. But those three players, especially Kulik, Roseanne and, and Savoy are, are bound for Buffalo at some point. You you have, you know what you have in them. I, I know that you know the talent, you know what role they'll fill. You just got to let them develop to uh, until they're ready. Mm-hmm. With Brendan Byro, this is year four. Uh, with the Rochester Americans, one, two, three. Yeah, that's year four. Mm-hmm. By the time you're 25 years old, you're hoping to have gotten a chance, especially if you perform like Brendan Byro has performed. Mm-hmm. I mean, point a game basically in his last two seasons and this year. So you're looking at it and you say, okay, we have to call him up whenever we have an opportunity. We have to see what he can do at the NHL level. Because before you know it, he's going to be 26, 27. You'll lose him. Because you didn't give him the opportunity to play in the NHL. Get to find out now. And, you know, probably that would have happened last year if he hadn't gotten hurt. And, you know, he got hurt. So he didn't get the call up. But that probably would have been last year. So I'm not saying he was the first one on the call up list. But I think it's the right one to to do right now. And to give him that opportunity. You're not playing him on a fourth line. Like right now he's skating with Thompson and Greenway. You're basically saying, we're going to give you the chance to show us what you can do. We're going to play you with established NHL players that are that are going right now. Here, here's your chance. I think this is a great opportunity and a great decision by the Buffalo Sabres. Now, I do think he was first on the list, which is why he got the recall, because of the camp that he had and because mm-hmm. of the missed opportunity at the end of last year. I mean, he was on a torrid pace, I think 20 points yeah. in 12 games down the stretch or down what was his stretch yeah. before injury. And um, so obviously he'd done everything. And interesting timing for all of this in the sense that the power play has been really struggling. Three for 28 on the year. And you just said, what's nice for Byro is it looks like he's going to come in and get an opportunity to play with skilled players. Well, as you can imagine, when you are a catalyst for the highest scoring team in the American Hockey League, Brandon Byro has done some nice work on the power play over these last couple of seasons as well. So I can't help but imagine that he may be afforded and earning some looks on the second power play if they're trying to tweak things here because they have to tweak something at this point in time, Marty. I We all recognize the talent that's on it, the fact that almost everybody involved in the power play had career years last year, but they are in a tough spot right now. They're 27th in expected goals for on the power play. They're ranked 29th overall. There's only two teams that have fewer high danger chances than them on the power play. Like this isn't some anomaly statistic. There are a lot of things that add up to kind of where they are right now. And now would seem like a good time to tinker with it a bit. Uh, maybe a bit. I think I like your approach of saying now viral could come in and be an option on the second power play, because for me, you have to um, 
You have to let the first power play figure it out. You have to give him a chance to figure it out. These are guys that last year were so hot on the power play that had such chemistry that things were working. The Sabres got on the power play. You knew you had Thompson one-timer. You had the play to Skinner in front of the net, you, the bumper. You had Cousins on the other side. Like, Could there be a tweak on that first power play? Absolutely. Do I think Brendan Byro comes in and plays on the first power play? No. But I think you have to give Darlene and Thompson and Skinner and possibly Tuck uh, and Cousin or, or one of those getting changed uh, mm -hmm. the chance to sort it out. But maybe you don't give him a minute 20. Maybe you give him 45 seconds and you say, hey, out. Like you get 45 seconds, you're out. And now you're going with the second unit. So Byro, if on the second unit, would get a chance to use what he's been doing. Like Rochester's power play has been hot. And he is a part of that, you mentioned. So I could see it being Byro on the second unit and telling the first unit, look, we're gonna we're gonna go with a quicker pace. You you may not even start the power play, even though Thompson and Dallin would be the first unit, they may not start the power play just to give it a different look. What might you do to give it a different look beyond Byro? I think we discussed this on the podcast or off air on the podcast yesterday. Like, would you move? cousins off that unit and bring in a middle stat are there options that you see as viable here i think the best option for me is going to casey middle stat instead of dylan cousins on the right flank why because casey is a left-handed shot so then you have a threat i'm not saying that casey middle stat is a one-timer opportunity but he may have a quicker pass across to Tage Thompson. So if Dylan Cousins is a right-hand shot on the right flank and he gets a pass from Dylan, from Darlene at the top, then it's across his body and then he's got to go across his body once more to go to Tage Thompson across. When it's a lefty on the right flank, like Casey Middlestad, if he gets a pass from the left, the top of the, the zone with Darlene, he can go in one motion right across the box to Tage yeah. Thompson. And then that creates quicker passing plays, quicker options. Now, also, if you decide to go down low, for me, I would have Tuck in front of the net and Skinner in the bumper again if you're going to go to Thompson's side. Now, if you're going to go more to the middle, middle stat side, if he's on the right flank, I would rotate these two. I would put Skinner in front and Tuck in the middle just because then you have that triangular play that I like to talk about. Quick pass down low to the slot for the one-timer. If you're on middle stat side, Tuck's the one-timer in the bumper. If you like to go to Thompson's side, then Skinner is the one-timer in the bumper. I think it gives you two looks, right? You're not just going to one side because I think when Cousins on the right flank, being a right-hand shot, it takes away some of your options. Well, again, that'll be interesting uh, how all of this unfolds tomorrow night in Philadelphia as the Sabres start a stretch of three and four nights. It'll be Philly on the road, Philly at home, and then at Toronto on Saturday. Um, we mentioned the lines. We mentioned that Benson is out week to week with a lower body injury and that Byro's been called up. Uh, we also know that Devin Levi is back on the ice today and Devin Cooley was reassigned to Rochester yesterday. So presumably... This is maybe a dangerous thing. Should never assume or presume, perhaps in these situations. But, you know, you go forward here this week with yeah. Lukanen and Levi as your tandem. And, you know, obviously they've got one more game to go with the uh, Clifton suspension. Um, just where do you think they're at kind of at all positions now coming off of the game that they had against Colorado and the, the movement that we've seen on the roster here and at practice today? 
Well, I, you know, on defense, I think that Don mentioned it the other day. He was really happy with Bryson's game. Mm-hmm. Happy with his skating. Happy, happy with how aggressive he was. He looked really good. Um, I think that. Look, when Connor Clifton comes back, Clifton's got to be a part of this six, and he has to continue to take steps forward. There's a lot to learn on the new system, a new team um, for he, Clifton, and Johnson. But Bryson came in, and he's been in the system, so he fit he fit right in. But I think you got to give Clifton a chance to get back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he won't play Wednesday because of his second suspension game, and maybe he plays only one of the two on Friday, Saturday. The same thing with the goaltending. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this schedule this week is perfect to allow Levi to skate today, to have a morning skate tomorrow, possibly back up if everything is good, have a skate on Thursday, a morning skate Friday, possibly back up Friday night or start Friday night and back up Saturday. But you have the back-to-back on Friday, Saturday. So it allows for Levi to have a week of practice before getting a start this weekend. You don't have to rush Levi in on Wednesday night against the Flyers. You don't even have to go against, you know, is it Toronto first and then the Flyers against? I don't, I, I, I missed it. It's a Flyers first and then, yeah. Philly, Philly, Toronto. So, you know, you can say both goaltenders are going to get a Philly game and Lukanen's going to get the first Philly game and the Toronto game. Boom. It's easy. I think that often we tend to overthink those kind of decisions. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think you're right. You're being sarcastic. I was tongue-in-cheek. Right? I was yeah. going to say, like, uh, you're being sarcastic. Um, I, so most of, often you tend to overthink these decisions. For me, it's easy. You have Philly twice. You're going to – you're not that you can't go with the same goaltender for both games, but because you have the back-to-back over the weekend and because Lukanen has experienced the Toronto, you know, mania and, and, and how that happens, you have Lukanen Philly Wednesday, Levi Philly Friday, Lukanen Toronto Saturday, and then you reset for next week. Yeah, Lukanen's had some tough minutes in the in the crease against Toronto. Um, but you know, you start every year with a clean slate, and obviously, you hope to build off of that game. Just tell him he's playing Colorado. <laughs> oh, don't overthink things, Uko Pekka Lukanen. You're playing the Colorado Avalanche every night. That's how uh, it. That's how it works. Yeah. Well, he was really good, and we talked a lot about that on the podcast yesterday. So. Uh, the goaltending will be what it will be. We know this. Carter Hart's been uh, good for Philadelphia so far. You know, they lost a heartbreaker last night to Carolina. And they're 500 on the year, which has them ahead of Buffalo. And they've had a couple of games. And when we talk about four of the Sabres' five losses where they had games in the third period where they should have got points, Philadelphia should have had a couple more wins here, or at the very least, single points. They have let some go very, very, very late in games. And, uh, you know, they they've got a lot more in their lineup than what people think. And obviously a huge part of that is the return of veterans Couturier and Atkinson. Uh, A former flyer himself, Vinny Prospel, is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. The Amherst assistant coach is, um, well, he agreed to come on based on the fact that the Amherst are the highest scoring team in the league and they have the second highest power play. So, you know, those are all feathers in Vinny's cap right now. So uh, it'll be great. <laughs> it'll be great to have him on and discuss just what his transition to the American Hockey League as an assistant coach has been like. But most importantly, um, you know, the players that like Byro are on the cusp of that next call. Right. So what is he seeing with them? And as far as last night, Marty, I mean, this is. It's just an, it was probably inevitable, but there were nine games. There were eight Eastern Conference teams pick up points. There yeah. could have easily been 10 
but Pittsburgh and Philly squandered their games. Um, you know, so I, I hope the, uh, you know, the Sabres are not like uh, some of us where you just sit there and watch every single result, but it was a crazy competitive night in the NHL. One goal games, seven of the nine, four of them went beyond regulation time. And uh, got to say that uh, one of the more newsworthy items to come out of all of this, especially based on us talking about Connor Clifton and his two game suspension yep. would be Charlie McAvoy <laughs> and just a really unnecessary head hit to Oliver Ekman Larson. You just said it, Duffer. It was unnecessary. And I think there's been a couple of suspensions already this year. There was the Rasmus Anderson, Calgary defenseman that hit Patrick Liney, Columbus, the Connor Clifton one. And Anderson got himself a four-gamer, Clifton a two. I think that uh, Charlie McAvoy will get five games or even more because Oliver Eggman Larson had moved the puck a long time before getting hit. He's not eligible to get hit. That's number one. There shouldn't have even been a body check. Two, hit is a head-hunting type of play. There was no attempt from Charlie McAvoy to go through the body of Eggman Larson. It's not like Eggman Larson changed his body angle. His body was in the same place the whole time. McAvoy came in, picked the, clean, uh, the head clean, sent him down. Larson didn't return. The thing with Connor Clifton is that Nico Isha returned, right? So you're like, okay. But he didn't, though. Then he missed practice. He missed, yeah, and, but. And he's going to miss. I think he missed. Is he? Did he miss a game yet? He might miss this. They didn't play game. yesterday. So, so think, yeah. I don't, but, but here's the thing. He's still returning the game. And then, you know, the looks is, is that, you know, he returned in the game. Um, and, and it was a hockey play. Connor Clifton comes across on a play where he sure gets the puck, tries to get it in. Now it's a bang, bang play. It's a timing play. And obviously Clifton timing wise was not perfect. Got the head of each year instead of the body. That to me, okay, two games move on. The Rasmus Anderson on Patrick Line was unnecessary because it was late in the game that was already decided. Uh, and Anderson follows with the left forearm to the head of Patrick Line. I think that's where the league says no. If you had gone through the body, but unfortunately the head was not avoidable, that's one thing, but you could have avoided the head because you went with the arm. This one to me is worse. It, it, it's worse than both of them combined. And mm. that's why I say this will be probably, in my opinion, five games at the least. Now, the league may decide four because they've already set the benchmark with the Rasmus Anderson uh, suspension. But for me, that's a five gamer. And, and McAvoy is a good player and he's an honest a player, player and he hits hard. But this was unnecessary and dirty. And that's the way it goes. And don't second guess me. I was right all along. He sure did not play on Sunday against Minnesota. Okay, they did have another game, but I remember that he came back and played. I just he I did, don't... but that's never a good sign, right? Like this is the problem with all these. Like, where's the concussion spotter? And I don't know whether it's concussion. You know what I mean? Like, this is where it yeah. All gets although being being right. having been there, mm -hmm. often you feel okay because yeah. in the game, I like know. your blood is flowing, everything's mm -hmm. going, and then then the, you go to bed, and then the next day you wake up and you're like, I'm not feeling right. Like no, there's times no. where it's clearly defined right then and uh, right there on the spot, and there's times where it's not. Yeah, and obviously the Devils won that game um, without them, and you know continue to be in a really strong position. I, again, so many of these teams in the Eastern Conference are off to very, 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 very good starts. There's only you know, Columbus, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh that are below 500. 
right now. Um, it's it's pretty remarkable how how significant these teams have been playing. And I mean, it, there were there were many questions coming in as far as standings projections, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so much of Buffalo's kind of window um, was lumped in with, okay, does Ottawa take the next step? Does Detroit take the next step? Or is Buffalo going to be the one out of the three that surges ahead? It's ridiculously early, but you were again reminded last night of the depth of the Red Wings. And yes, the Sabres have beaten the Islanders this year too. Probably should have beat them twice, Mm -hmm. but this was a challenging win. And the Red Wings looked full marks for defeating Sorokin on a night one. Once again, he looked really, really, really good. And they found a way to pump four past him, including the OT winner. I loved the comment from Newsy Lalonde, Derek Lalonde, the head coach of the uh, Detroit Red Wings postgame, basically saying, my team was patient. My team stuck to our our plan. Like it was a one nothing game after two periods, and you're thinking this may be a one nothing game when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. And the Islanders played exactly the type of game they wanted: score late in the second. It's actually a shorthanded goal, and then they get a goal early in the third, and you're like, it's two nothing Island. That's that's gonna be it. And Detroit really stormed back, and their goals were beautiful goals. They were fast goals. They were creative goals. Um, I, I, I thought to me, this was the biggest surprise of the night, more than even Montreal getting a point against Vegas because of the way the game was being played. The Islanders don't lose when they're up to nothing early in the third. They shut it down. Sorokin was the shutout king last year. He's able to close those games out. And then he gives up four in a period and a little bit more. Um, high marks on Detroit for the way that they are being able to uh, uh, to attack the games and score that many goals in the early going of the season. Six, three, and one on the wings. The Islanders actually had to come back to get the point because they were down yes. three, two, and then tied it. So I'll tell you what, though, that Raymond celebration, facial expressions, <laughs> one of the best I've ever seen in a regular season game. This kid was so pumped for this victory and you know so there's another three-point game carolina was able to get by philly in regulation the ducks marty this might be the most odds defying moment we see in the regular season this year they were in good place throughout the game and then despite already having given up two power play goals they took back-to-back penalties <laughs> with less than 220 to go in regulation. You're putting the vaunted Penguins power play on a five-on-three for basically the remainder of the game in their building. And Mason McTavish comes out of the box at four-on-five and scores a breakaway game-winning goal. The Ducks sweep their road trip with wins in Boston, Philly, and Pittsburgh. What do I always say, Duff? What do I always say? Know the time, know the clock, know the time, know the clock. How does nobody on Pittsburgh, and Eric Carlson is the guy at the blue line, not think I should back out? I should back out here because the, the penalty is expiring. And Smolkin and Carlson at the blue line, I believe, and nobody backs out. And then all of a sudden, it's a nice little pass to Mason McTavish who comes in and just puts it in the top net. Like he just comes in with a shot and Eric Carlson was right there to lift the stick in the last second, could not get there. So for me, that was that. It was also the, look, I, I, 
I, funny enough, I, I haven't seen a lot of the Anaheim Ducks this year. They're not the team that is on my circle, the team. They should list. be. They're well, they might now. be. They may become one of them, but they're not yet. So I haven't seen if Greg Cronin, the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks, is a hot type of coach. Um, mm-hmm. I had a conversation with Randy Carlisle this morning. I know that Randy Carlisle would be that hot coach, oh, even yeah. though he, he told me he's never gotten kicked out of a game before. Well, most coaches never. don't. It's really rare. It's rare. But Greg Cronin got kicked out of the game last night. He was hot. He was heated. So unsuccessful challenge yep. on a goal against... Uh, no. Uh, no, a goal for that was waved off. Terrible call, by the way. I would have been as mad as he was. Um, yeah, I, I actually... Felt like, that there it's, was it's no not his fault that Eric Carlson is weak. Exactly, and I, I didn't think there was goalie interference. It was, I, I thought there was a weak call. Carlson, but anyway, Carlson lost his balance a little bit in a in a push in front, and then leaned on his own goalie goal in, in a way crease. to re- in, in trying to recover. And yeah, anyway, neither here yeah. nor there. And, Co- and, but but was it was waved. Though. It was waved off on the ice, and then the league felt like well. If it was, you know, it's one of those where whatever the call on the ice will stand, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely did not like it. So Cronin is mad. He gets the unsuccessful challenge. They give up a power play right after, and that's when everything unleashed, <laughs> unleashed right? So he's yelling at the refs. He's getting tossed out. Um, but for me, for me, the fact that Mason McTavish is now like, oh, what happened? In the end, he lost you. Oh no. Spalding like Wi-Fi premature coming in at 12:24 today. Oh, we're down in audio. See, this is actually we were trying to replay Greg Cronin's audio, but we we would have had to mute him as well. So we didn't want Marty doing a full-on replication of the Ducks coach who got tossed. Yeah, he's still down a mat. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He's down a mic. Tell you what, this is interesting timing. We'll take the break on this note. And I hope that Vinny Prospo is technically sound along with Marty as we continue Sabres Live right after this. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Gremlins in the system on this Halloween edition of Sabres Live. We are back. We're awaiting Vinny Prospel from the Amherst. And we remind you, the Sabres Kids Club is back for this 23-24 season. It's a great way for young fans to stay engaged with the team. Members receive exclusive gifts, experiences, and more. And you can register today at sabres.com slash kids club. Let me hear it, Marty. The golden tones, please. 
One, two, three. Is my microphone on? Please <laughs> let me know. I got too animated talking about Greg Cronin getting kicked out and Mason McTavish. And I hit the wire of my microphone and then it went a wire and lost the connection. So that's Amazing. what happens when I get too busy. I need to put my hands down, keep them down, not get. I, I was just listen. There's certain players that stand out to you when you watch him play. Mm-hmm. Right. Like and I think like Zach Benson could be in that category when I watch him play. Development camp, rookie camp, whatnot. You're like, oh, he's got something special. There's uh, Yuri Kulik is like that. Like you watch him play at the World Juniors. And you're like, he's got something special. And we were talking about Mason McTavish. I remember seeing him at the under 18 and mm-hmm. a team that had Connor Bedard and Shane Wright. And Shane Wright was supposed to be the number one pick. He was locked in at the time. He ended up not getting there, but still, um, it was Mason McTavish that stood out to me. And I think mm-hmm. we got to pay attention to that that kid in Anaheim. We talked a lot of Trevor Zegras and everything in Anaheim, but Mason McTavish for me is the, uh, the leader for that club for the years to come. Well, there it's funny because Zegras was the talk all off season contractually speaking. And yet Frank Vetrano <laughs> is oh. currently tied for the league lead with Alex de with nine goals. Yes. So he alone, but then he and Mason McTavish, have allowed Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras to <laughs> take their time ramping up to this season. Like, it's amazing. The Ducks have won four in a row. They're above 500. And, uh, you know, with uh, Lucas Dostal basically emerging now as the guy after Gibson, you know, he'd been, they've been rotating and and the results have been better with Lucas. And obviously with Gibson getting hurt last night, um, you know, Dostal was able to come back in and uh, and get them a victory on the road as they complete their perfect road trip. So they're definitely a team to watch. Um, and right now, Anaheim has a third goalie option in Alex Daylock, right? They, yeah. they had three goalies and then they got sent down. So it's not like Anaheim is like, all of a sudden, like, what are we doing that? They got Staylock, so they'll have Dostal and Staylock and they'll be fine for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one. Another game you wanted to maybe mention as we uh, wait on Vinny Prospol here uh, was the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens. That was a late one, one that featured. Not that a- late. It was only a 10. Well, yeah, 10 o'clock, but that's still by the time it ended in overtime and Jack Eichel got a penalty shot in overtime. Mm -hmm. um, It was probably what, 1230 uh, and then shootout. It's it's 1 a.m. Like by that time, I was I was locked into my night of sleep. I I moved on. So I know you weren't, but I was. um, So when I watched the highlights this morning, like we talk about more penalty shots this year in the first week of the season, but then it di- it died down. What Sean Monahan did to Jack Eichel yesterday. You mean Nick Suzuki? Uh, Nick Suzuki. Monahan got a gift from Aiden Hill earlier in the game. What Nick Suzuki did to Jack Eichel, basically reached with his right hand and tried to grab Jack Eichel's right hand right off his stick on a breakaway. It's like, you're not going to score, dude. I'm not going to allow it. And then Eichel came in. Did not score in a penalty shot and then did not score in a shootout later. He had two golden opportunities, could not bury an either one of them. Yeah, it was really fascinating to watch. Uh, this game was fully deserving for Montreal of two points. They were excellent. Uh, they also had very good goaltending from Montembeau, but it, it was their game to lose and they found a way to lose it. But they're 5 2 and 2. And I don't know how many times I need to remind everybody, probably I should stop doing it because people are sick of hearing it. The things that I said in the offseason were I don't expect Philadelphia or Montreal or Columbus 
to be as bad as people think they're going to be. And right uh, now, you the said early... that about Montreal last year too. <laughs> yeah, and they lost like nine million game man games due to injury, including the I best know. young goal scorer in the game, Cole Caulfield, for half a season. What do you think I was going to happen? And they also still beat Buffalo down the stretch. They're a thorn in the Sabres' side. They've already beat them this year, Marty. I get that. Look, Montreal. <laughs> I think that it's the same thing as Don Granado, where he maybe last year to this year as to like train the Montreal Canadiens to think we're good. We can score. We can create offense. And then it's going to round the game up later. So right now there's moments where they look really good. There's moments where they look really bad also, but it's the learning of it all. Right. So that to me uh, is definitely uh, what, uh, what Montreal is trying to do, what Philly's trying to do. Like John Tortorella is still trying to teach the Flyers, a lesson here and there. Morgan Frost was a six-game healthy scratch. Mm. Like, he got the wrath of Tortorella. Like, you're not doing it my way. If you're not going to do it my way, you're not going to play. Not going to play. Simple as that. You're not going to play. So, uh, but you know what was scary last night? Because we're Halloween. Aiden Hill trying to play the puck, giving up to basically an empty net goal to Sean Moynihan. I remember last year, remember when Stuart Skinner last year in the playoffs tried to play the puck and his stick broke and then there was a, an empty net goal, basically. Um, so when I saw that on the highlight show this morning, it made me think of all the moments that I was out of the net that I made bad plays. This and is one that, of the worst ones ever. This is a bad one. I've been there, though. I've made that exact same play where you want to make an easy pass. You almost take it too easy and you look at the uh, where you want to send the puck and you stop looking at the puck and you miss the puck. Like he got it with the heel of his stick just a little bit and then he missed it. And Monahan hung on to the puck just to let it slide across and then scored a goal. It was it was pretty comical. Yeah, it was unfortunate for Hill that Monaghan was a left shot because if he was a right shot, he might have panicked and then inadvertently put it right back into him. But uh, yeah, it worked out well for Montreal. They got a point. Short-handed goal, right? Yes, Vegas, of course, uh, wins again. They're 9-0-1. It's the greatest run by any team who had previously won the Cup to start a season. It's impressive. And we want you to be a part of Hockey Fights Cancer Night in partnership with Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. It's November 10th at home. With Minnesota in, it's a 7 o'clock start. All fans in attendance to receive a Hockey Fights Cancer scarf. You can get your tickets now at sabers.com slash HFC. Vinny Prospel from the Amherst coaching staff is with us here as we roll on on Sabres Live. No, actually, we're going to take the break and come back with Vinny Prospel right yes. after this on Sabres Live. More of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres are taking on the Flyers in Philly tomorrow. The Amherst are home tomorrow night as well, looking to continue their fine play. And assistant coach Vinny Prospel is with us now. Vinny, it's great to have you on the show for the first time. How are you? Hey, boys. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I can't complain one bit. I mean, the weather's a little bit cooler here than what I have been used to last few years. But uh, other than that, the boys on the ice are doing great, and it's fun to be part of that. Do you take full credit for how the power play is running in Rochester right now? No, no, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a credit to the players. It's a, you know, they are the ones on the ice because sometimes it's not just uh, what do you draw up or how is it done. It's it's basically a read and react, and and they have been great, and it's uh, it's obviously it's obviously much more pleasurable for the for the coach when you're doing well right off the bat 
I thought Seth Appert had a pretty good line yesterday, as he often does. But when talking about just why the team looked so good the last week, uh, he felt like, you know, he, he's encouraged them to not get bored by playing the right way. Sometimes it takes a while to get the result when you're playing the right way. And it, it looks like this team has been very committed to playing the right way and being very trustworthy for their teammates here in the last uh, probably week and a half, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, you know, obviously we have uh, got the results off the bat. But like, let's say if you look at the closer picture, we didn't like the, the way we have played over the span of 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at the last three games, that was uh, that was basically much better in that regard. And and uh, and for coaches, it's great. But you also want to make sure that the players understand that how rewarding it is when you play the play the right way. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this: um, Brendan Byro gets recalled to the Buffalo Sabers today, so maybe you didn't see Byro the last couple of years. So, what is your impression of Byro this year, and what's he what's he bringing to Buffalo that you notice that will be effective in the NHL? I think, uh, you know, hockey sense, understanding the game on both sides of the ice because that's the that's the kid who is uh, usable at both sides of the rink. He's not just like sometimes you have the player who is only offensively minded, but uh, he's lacking something within his uh, with his defensive uh, side, you know, or defensive play. Uh, with uh, with Birzi, it's like you can put him in any kind of situation. He wins the face-off. He's a good penalty killer. He's uh, he's uh, running the power play. You know, he's got speed. I mean, uh, I wonder if they, you know, going to put him in the spot where Benny was, uh, you know, maybe on on uh, on their PP. He can uh, he can be the bumper in between the circles because he's got the he's got the hockey sense uh, going, you know, for him. And that's uh, that's uh, something that, uh, you know, it's really hard to teach. That's that's a credit to the player. If he's got that, then he can bring it up to him. That may have, may help him to uh, to stay there. Brandon had such a good camp here in Buffalo, and I I, I sensed that there was fear uh, organizationally that uh, you know they might lose a player or two uh, on waivers coming out of camp this year. It didn't happen, and now you know Byro is is back, and he's got a great opportunity in front of him here. Uh, with Benson sidelined week to week with a lower body injury. Of course, Vinny, we talk a lot about these uh, kids that came through the Winnipeg system, you know, the uh, the Krebs of the world and obviously, you know, the Matt Savoy's and, and obviously Benson. How did Matt Savoy look to you in that first week? He's on in Rochester, of course, on a two-week conditioning loan. I mean, he, uh, you know, Savi was here for a little bit, I guess, uh, Throughout the playoffs last year, right, mm-hmm. and then um, and then now the first week, obviously the the it's a it's a jump for him because it's a it's a man hockey, it's a step up. But on the other hand, he has no trouble blending in because he's a very smart, fast hockey player, and he's basically uh, you know joining the players that are not, let's say eight to ten years older than him on the same line he's playing with uh similar age guys you know uh, kids basically rosie and cooley so it's not uh i think the team took him under the wings uh, really good and and he blended in uh with no problem obviously uh playing uh three and four nights 
you you could uh, you could see a little bit of tiredness maybe in the second part of the of the uh, let's say the Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. But uh, look, he's uh, he's got the potential to be uh, more than a point per game getter here. Be a could be a game breaker with once he gets more and more comfortable. It's uh, always it's too bad because of uh, those certain rules that he cannot stay here with us a little bit longer because we have him only for this upcoming week. Um, we were talking during the break, and you met John Tortorella in 1997 at the All Star Game, right? We the Sabers are playing Philly Wednesday and Friday, and Torts is. We played with him in New York and you got him in Tampa. And so, you know, Torts well, um, but it makes me think, do you use a little bit of what Torts used to coach like, or do you use some of your experience from your time in the AHL? Because you played in Hershey and in Philly with the Phantoms and you were a standout AHL player. So do you use a lot of that stuff or do you use the new school of Vinnie Prospol things that you learned a little bit later in your career? Well, I I, uh, I would use everything that I have learned through my career. I actually wish that I would be a more of a sponge during my career to get and remember more and more stuff. Obviously, Torts has been a huge influence on me as a first as a player, then as a as a as a coach as well. Because uh, sure, he's hard, he's demanding, but I think he's also the players love him. If you come, you know yourself, if you compete for torts, that's what he's asking. You know, like he can go by the, he can, he can survive with the mistakes because he knows hockey is a game of mistakes, but all he's asking for is the compete level and do everything within the team structure and for the team to be successful. So, you know, being here now, it's a little bit different because obviously I am not the head coach, I'm assistant. But in the past, when I was in in a Czech Republic, um, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to say I was John Tortorella number two, but you know, there has been some uh, some demanding moments towards uh, towards my players. Let's say uh, just like what I have experienced with Torts. So it's a uh, there's obviously. Uh, Towards, there's uh, Mike Sullivan, you know, and those two have connected uh, greatly once they were together with the same team, as you know yourself from your own experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk about Towards, people always see like maybe some of the crazy stuff that he used to do because he mellowed down quite a bit, even though he's still demanding. But, uh, but deep down, he's just a great man, and uh, and uh, I'm very, very lucky to consider him uh, more than a player-coach or coach-coach relationship now, but as a friend. Vinny, how good is this Amherst team in your mind, potentially? It's a tough question. I mean, uh, look, it's uh, it's only been seven games in. It's a great start. I guess the uh, in our sport, the... The best thing about our sport is that you have to prove yourself again the very next game. And uh, you can start talking about how good we are maybe, uh, you know, after 20, 40 games. I mean, it may, uh, 
I probably don't want to answer your question right now. That's why I'm saying this. <laughs> but, uh, but on the other hand, it, it's a truth. It's only a small glimpse of uh, what we are capable of uh, doing. But, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll answer it differently. Just one week ago, we have the huge depth. You know, now some of the injuries came into the play and, and stuff like that. So we'll see how we deal, uh, how we deal with that. You know, there's a call-up. Beers is not in our lineup for tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we wish him all the best in uh, in Buffalo and uh, see where we go from there. But it's also on the other end, it's an opportunity for some other players maybe step in and uh, and run the power play and be on the power play and be on the penalty kill because his minutes, uh, those uh, special teams uh, uh, plays are going to be available. So it's, yeah. a, it's a great opportunity for somebody else. But I don't really want to answer your questions uh, right on. Yeah. Okay, answer this one because we only have two minutes to the show. Your favorite costume, Halloween costume when you played, what was it? Did you have, like Halloween parties? Um, how would I uh, answer that? I am not... Uh, I always had the game more on my mind, so those kind of events were probably ran by harder by somebody else. I w- I'm, I'm sort of very shy to put on something different to uh, to kind of have fun. I might actually need maybe a couple of beers to start having fun a little bit. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, I don't know. I'm going to be Vinny Prospel next year. I'm going to be you wife, next year. My wife always comes up with something. I mean, Monica loves that stuff. She she loves to dress up, stuff like that for, for these kind of occasions. So... I was always kind of been pushed into one of the costume, even though being a pirate or being a, but I love to be a, a you know, a Maverick, the uh, the Navy pilot, right? Yeah. The, oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was just, you just put on the overalls, you put on the glasses and you, you look pretty good. Put some gel <laughs> in your hair and, and, uh, and you look good. So I'll, yeah. I'll go with that, being a fighter pilot. Yeah, from Top Gun for sure. Vinny, thank you so much for the time. Uh, continued yeah. success in Rochester. We'll talk soon. Thanks for having me, fellas. Have a good day. Bye. Uh, uh, Batslav Prospol, Amherst assistant coach. And boy, he's not wrong when talking about the changes to the lineup with Byro up with the Sabres. Weisbach and Warren have been out. Kisikov and Kozak have been out. And Noichev as well. So they've been dealing with an, uh, an awful lot. And, uh, you know, it's just part of the game. And we certainly want kids to be a part of it. Age four to nine years old, get involved and learn to play. You can receive head-to-toe hockey equipment and six weeks of on-ice instruction from certified coaches. You can join today at sabers.com slash learn to play. Marty, that's it for us today. We are back at it tomorrow. It will be a game day. Sabres taking on the Flyers. We'll see you then. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.